Good morning, Glory City family. Hope you are all doing well. I know um, <clears throat> a lot of you are gathering this morning with family, with friends. Uh, we can have 10 in our homes now, and that's exciting. And so we, we just celebrate that. We celebrate the little victories right now. And uh, in all things, we give thanks to the Lord. And so I just know there are a bunch of you right now across uh, Melbourne, eastern suburbs, and all over just gathering worshiping King Jesus together and uh, that's that's very exciting and so uh, we thought it would be appropriate to just continue some form of of message or live uh, online platform as well uh, we know we have people watching from across our state across uh, the nation and and some even across the, the globe as well so which is cool and we just uh, we want to let you know that God's doing incredible things. Uh, we've already had prayer nights and different things that, that God's doing, and we're going to continue to just gather and, and uh, be together as much as we can uh, over the next coming six to eight weeks before we enter into a time of Christmas as well. So if you are a part of the Glory City family and you call Glory City home, please stay connected via Facebook or via email or uh, or, or reach out and contact one of your Glory Home leaders and uh, we, you know, we look forward to being together in some form or fashion. Cool. Well, I've got a very, uh, just a small encouraging word for you guys this morning. And and before I do, by the way, the the Jericho thing last week was just awesome. Really well done. Uh, great job, guys, and the worship team. And so, if you are just hankering for some worship from people you know and love, then I'd encourage you go to our YouTube channel. Or Facebook site, and uh, and you can see, and listen, and be encouraged by by what the what the team did. It was just amazing, incredible. Uh, I've just got a small encouraging message, but before we do, I just want to pray. So, Father, I thank you so much for who you are. I just pray right now, your glory would penetrate the hearts and the lives of every single person listening. And I thank you for your freedom. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your Holy Spirit right now. Yeah, may you may you be glorified in the midst of all of this. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, I um, I've I've got a little message, and the Lord's been. I've been reading through uh, Genesis again, and and the Lord's been really talking to me personally uh, about uh, Abraham, and you know God had a promise over his life. He he promised that he would be a father of of you know many generations that he would be blessed that he's that you know the sand on the seashores the stars in the sky that he'd have numerous numerous generations yet he didn't have a child and you know sometimes the lord is really he gives us a prophetic word or he gives us a dream or he gives us a vision and then and i've done this many times before I'm still learning the learning the lesson on this but we try and then fit the dots in order we we try and then move puzzle pieces to try and fit the prophetic outcome rather than he gives the prophetic word we be obedient 
to the word and the outcome will happen. Jesus said it this way. He said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and then all the things will get added. I think often we're like, we're, we we have the, the things, the prophetic word about the things being added and we seek first the way of Liam or the way of the world or we respond in fear or we respond in a uh, uh, whatever it is, we respond out of a reaction to the devil. We respond out of a reaction to a circumstance, and we wonder why the outcome doesn't happen. Happen. You and I have been called and commissioned to follow someone. His name is Jesus, and in this season, we've made a very purposeful stance: eyes on Jesus, eyes on Jesus church eyes on the messiah eyes on the king of kings and the lord of lords the king of glory do not deviate from that if you have if you have your the true north as eyes on jesus and you go slightly off whether it's it's some political thing whether it's some whatever it is right whatever there is some reaction to the devil whether it's 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 sickness whether it's a breakthrough in an area of your life that you need and it slightly deviates right it over a period of time that deviation ends up in the wrong destination and here abraham we know the story i'm not going to read it read uh, too much but we know we know the story abraham uh has ishmael The promise, the outcome, you will have a child, you have multiple generations. In the natural, that looks correct. <laughs> In the natural, it looks like the prophetic word has been answered. But how many know that wasn't the prophetic word that he gave? He was married to Sarah, Sarai, who became Sarah, and eventually they have Isaac. And then the Lord says, hey, I want you to offer up Isaac to me. I mean, talk about confusion. Talk about here you have the Lord saying, hey, there's going to be a prophetic destiny over your life. You're going to be the father of faith. You're going to be have as many generations as the sand and the seashores and the stars in the sky. Goes out with Haggai, has Ishmael. Then God's like, hey, listen, that that is not that wasn't the plan I had for you. That that's that's not the best I have for you. Then Sarah laughs at God, mocks God, basically, right? Then they bore Isaac, and he's like, "Oh well, this is it. This is the promise. You're now got, that's the start, the beginning of the fulfillment of the promise that I had for your life." And then he's like, "Hey, I want you to sacrifice him." You'd be like, "Hang on, isn't it meant to be this many as the sand of the shores?" On the shores and the stars in the sky. I mean, bizarre, right? Excuse me. Here, um, in in Abraham, in Abraham, in Genesis twenty-two. After these things, verse one, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Mor- Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. On one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham, of uh, so Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, 
and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering, and rose and went to the place of which God had told him. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. I mean, the symbolism in this, in this is astounding in terms of um, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus went up onto a mountain and sacrificed himself on wood so that you and I could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus on the third day. I mean, just their symbolism is incredible. It goes on, uh, verse 9, it says, When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Here he is about to sacrifice his son. And God says, I tested you. He says, uh, do not lay a hand on him. I know that you fear God, for you have not withheld anything. Then a ram is caught in the thicket, and Abraham takes that and sacrifices that unto the Lord. That word, the ram caught in a thicket, if you look it up, it is this word. It's the, it's the same correlation of word that is in Isaiah 61 verse 3. And it says that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. The next verse says, they shall build up the ancient ruins they shall raise up the former devastations. They shall rebuild the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Just, just think with me for a second. Abraham is about to sacrifice his son. He doesn't because the angel of the Lord says, Now I know you fear God and you've not withheld anything from me. Any dreams, any visions, any you've held true to what I've said. Above everything else, even even your own son. And he provides a ram to sacrifice that so that he doesn't have to sacrifice his son. The correlation of the word is that you and I are oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. What's, what's the point? The point is the sacrifice of the Lord, the sacrifice of Jesus... Because of what he's done, nothing that we could do because of his sacrifice 
we get planted as a tree called an oak of righteousness in the destination that we are in to rebuild the ruined cities. How does that come about? How does the plant, obviously salvation is a part of it, but if we can just just think with me for a second. How does the planting of the Lord, the oak of righteousness in that sense, the uh, the jumping into the slip lane of what God has wanting for our life rather than rather than us trying to with us trying to hold on to dreams, hold on to visions, hold on to comfortabilities, hold on to things in our life, we we offer it all up to the Lord and he says, yes, I can use that vessel to be planted as an oak of righteousness to rebuild a ruined city. Why? Because we do not count our life as our own. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The moment we anything in our life that we're holding on to, that we haven't given over to God, whether it's whether it's security, comfort, finances, jobs, whatever it is, right? Any of those things that we have that we have not given over to God to say, hey, sacrifice this on the altar. Right? that's a comfort that we have. I'm not talking about salvation right now, but I'm talking about maybe an idol, maybe an addiction, maybe a maybe it's not even an addiction. Maybe it's just something that has a grip on our life. Maybe it's finances, security, whatever it is. Something has a grip on our life that the Lord wants you and I to take to the altar. And then he says, you know what? I've paid the price for that. I provided the ram. I provided the, the lamb on the, on the, on the cross. I'm the one that provided a way for you to live planted as an oak of righteousness for the purpose of rebuilding a ruined city. There's a purpose for it. Because if there wasn't, he would have just moment of salvation snapped you up and taken you to heaven. But he didn't. He deposited the kingdom of God, the righteousness of God inside you. Why? To rebuild something, to do something. And I'm telling you, church, right now, we don't need another good sermon. We don't need another amazing worship moment. We need the sacrifice for for you and I to put ourselves out there. And anything that is within us right now, maybe it's been this last year of things that you're like, oh, I just, I've held on to that. To bring it to the Lord. To bring it to God. Because we need the oil of heaven. We need the oil of heaven. We need the healing balm of heaven. We need the anointing of Jesus. To penetrate hearts and lives. So we can see this city rebuilt. The planting of the Lord. The oak of righteousness. He provided the sacrifice. So now as a new creation in Christ, it's not the faith of Liam. It's the faith of Christ because I have faith in what he's done in my life. He's provided the sacrifice. I'm dead. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I want to ask, church, I actually want to ask, if you're watching this in your home groups, glory homes, whatever, and you're watching, and and we don't often do this, but I, I, I really believe there are people on here, there are Isaacs in your life. Not literally, you don't need to come and sacrifice your child. <laughs> there are Isaacs, though. 
And the Lord is asking the question. I really believe the Lord is asking the question. Hey, church. I want to give you a city. But I'm looking for people who love not their life even unto death. He's looking for people that he can entrust his greatest treasures with. He's looking for people that he can say, hey, I've seen your heart. And it's pure. It's been refined by fire. And here I'm going to pour out my blessing. I'm going to plant you as an oak of righteousness so you can rebuild a ruined city. Not so you can sit and be a fat Christian, but so you can rebuild a ruined city to restore the former devastation. We are about to come into a time when people need the balm of heaven. They need the oil. They need the oil of heaven. They need the 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 heavenly oil. I've been. Uh, this is a sermon for another time, but I've been looking up oil and the significance of it, and it means a lot of things. But one of the things that it is, it does mean, is is healing. It brings about healing. There's, there's, there's healing elements in oil, but it's also prophetic language of the healing touch of, of heaven. And the Lord wants to bring healing in places, I believe, this morning and beyond. The, the Lord wants to bring healing in, in places that you've been holding on to. And they might be promises of God. They might be things that he's like, that's my destiny for your life to be it. Have children, you know, like Isaac. But maybe you've been doing it in your own strength. And he says, hey, would you give me everything? Would you actually just give me every part of your life? Would you give me your money? Would you give me your kids? Would you give me your dreams? Would you lay it all down just to know me? Just to know me. He wants it all. He wants every part of your life. And the blessings we get in return. Oh my goodness. We can't. We can't even. Heaven. Eternity. Life with Jesus. Oh, it's so rich. It's so rich. But sometimes the things that are hindering us from moving forward in our walk with the Lord are the things we have a tight grip on. Good and bad. That he says, hey, loosen the grip of that. Because what I want to do is I want to provide the solution for that. I guarantee you, watch the oil of heaven just pour in and bring soothing balm, a soothing balm to your soul. I, I promise. It's in his word. I can take it to the bank. It's in his word. Well, Father, I just thank you right now for that. I thank you. For the oil of heaven to be released over people's hearts, minds, and souls this morning. That the dreams maybe that they've held onto and gripped onto, that they'd be released. There'd be a release and a refreshing this morning in Jesus' name. That healing would come to the soul, to the spirit, to the body. And, re and, and a refreshing touch of heaven right now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, blessings, blessings, blessings. And uh, look forward to hearing some testimonies, and celebrating the goodness of God with you guys very soon. God bless. Bye.